This is Club Hell. Thanks for coming, kids. Hey, Hello. This is Notes from the Back Row. A cinema podcast of commentary, questions, answers, dreams, fears, joy rides, hell rides, and so much more. So strap in for a veritable cinematic Coney Island of the mind. Row.com, where we're, uh, we have a bunch of great articles up, actually from Veronica, wrote about Taraji P. Henson recently, yes. and I wrote about Ishtar, Elaine May's most hated film, and we got a bunch of other podcasts, uh, you know, so check it out. That is back-row.com, or we are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at backrowcineblog. That's backrowcine, <laughs> like cinema blog anyhow today today i am here with veronica and we're having uh, a couple of sangrias one of our most popular segments on the website is uh that of i watched it so you don't have to as jenna says people love not watching movies because boy (laughs) people sure do love those articles (laughs) yeah it's like it's we get thousands of hits a month on on these articles which is just so funny because again none of these actually are about how you shouldn't watch these films they're usually just that hey like were you were you like a little bit nervous about seeing this well we we vetted it for you basically (laughs) so you can uh prep yourself for what you're going to get into. Yeah, most of them, I I, I guess I'm speaking to mine. Uh, most of them are kind of like, you should give this a watch. I think the only one that I'm kind of like, oh boy, is Martyrs. Um, but even a Serbian film, which, you know, remains a fairly uh, highly trafficked article, it's, the end is kind of like, yeah, give it a watch. <laughs> like, it's, it's, <laughs> reputation might actually be worse than uh the actual movie these are mostly pretty upbeat articles actually despite the fact that yeah these are pretty violent or horrific movies in one way or another or notorious movies but um yeah we figured let's let's bring it to the pod as i like to say and uh you know talk about a movie that just came out that veronica saw and had nothing but glowing things to say about (laughs) and so i went to go see it which is gaspar noe's climax Yes. If you couldn't dance, what would you do? (laughs) Or as we are calling it, the real Suspiria remake. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why that's what got me to watch it. I mean, I like Gaspar Noé. Uh, you know, you may know him from uh, Enter the Void, or um, which was pretty good. Came out recently. Um, Irreversible. Oh, and Love. I saw. Oh yeah, I didn't see that one. 
it's um, you know it's it's okay like i like gaspar noe i like him because visually he's really fantastic he does a lot of long takes he has really great lighting <laughs> right he has these very dreamlike and visceral kind of films that are they really put you in the shoes of whatever is happening they they really thrust you into that world it's they're they're always really just like you it, everything feels large and and uh, you know, stylistically consistent. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's, he's certainly someone who, you know, the term style over substance is kind of overused. And I, I, I don't even necessarily mean that there are, there's not substance in his movies, but even something like Irreversible that is trying to kind of handle heavy subject matter, it always has a sort of exploitative feel. You know, there's always, he, he isn't someone who I feel like takes subject matter particularly seriously, no matter what it is. Um, so with, so I think he works better with something like Climax or Enter the Void, where it can just be these like experiments of filmmaking as opposed to something like Irreversible. I didn't see Love, but Irreversible really tries to have like a very human component. And in the end, it just feels manipulative you know yeah i like he you know he's definitely and he's courted a lot of controversy which i think is a huge part i love that little cat that's a huge part of um <laughs> you know his who he is uh as a filmmaker and um you know so yeah i love love is okay love is basically i mean it was it's super explicit as far as sexual imagery and it's essentially porn right <laughs> i like i don't know if they were actually having sex but you can't tell like they're basically all having like there's i mean they're at least there's tongues on penises and things like that so <laughs> oh wow <laughs> climax is this movie that came out uh this year in the u.s and uh yeah it's it's not too far you know it's not too different from the other stuff that he's done <laughs> it's sure incredibly violent and exploitative and uh you know uh, druggy which right. i think is all of the things that he does uh but in one film and um yeah, I mean, I saw this because you, you had this idea about how this is the better version of Suspiria than uh, last year's Suspiria remake, which we all had a, we all podcasted about and, and had very mixed emotions on. Right. And uh, yeah, so I was like, okay, you know what? I like him. Uh, I'm, I'm down to see this. And um, I just want to say that I saw this while on vacation at 2 p.m. on a Thursday uh, alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, duh. That's and, how I see most movies. And then uh, there were only three other people in the theater with me. And um, it was one other woman and two guys. And by the end of the film, both of the men had left. <laughs> <laughs> that is also how I see movies. <laughs> and they were, it was all like, they were all middle-aged too, which which is like, when they came in, I was like, ah, they're not going to laugh. <laughs> they're gonna leave i don't want to see this and uh so then afterwards like the woman the uh, this other woman who was in the theater who was on, on this in the same row as me like turned to me and just goes and that's why you don't do drugs a <laughs> <laughs> uh, hard disagree that is why you do drugs no i was like yeah no you're right this <laughs> <laughs> Like any any vague interest I have had in in drugs, uh, harder than uh, the non hard drugs I have attempted, uh, I was like, no, nope, this I'm good. We're good now. I I saw climax. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of laughing because I was like, well, I guess if you took 
Like, we don't know how much acid was dumped into the sangria, you know, so. Which, by the way, the plot of this film is a whole bunch of dancers are about to, like, go on tour. So they're having one last party in their school uh, before they go. And uh, someone puts, they spike the sangria. And so then, um, you know, they start to go just absolutely batshit insane. Uh, And everyone essentially dies or kills each other. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, it's, yeah, I feel like a lot of people, a lot more people survived than I thought were going to, because the movie sort of opens at the end. It opens with this one dancer, like, stumbling out into the snow and collapsing, um, and I really thought, like, everyone was going to be, I was kind of surprised at how many people were alive at the end, I was like, oh, I was pretty sure. Uh, the girl who lights herself on fire, I 100% thought she was dead, <laughs> and I was like, oh, you lived? That's, that's convenient. Yeah, like, there's no way this was only acid in there, right? There had to have been other things. (laughs) I was laughing with that because, um, you know, again, it's like, well, people weren't prepared for it, and we don't know how many doses they actually took. But I'll be honest, I don't think people would go that acid kind of chills you out in a lot of ways. It makes you, if someone was getting up in your face and being like, you know, I'm going to fight you and you were on acid, you'd be like, no, you're not going to do that. Let's all hug each other and think about how we're all just connected. So. I mean, people definitely have acid freakouts. Yeah, and they tend to be much more internal. They're people like, I'm freaking out, man. They, you know, there isn't a ton of, that was almost like bath salts, you know. Yeah, that felt like those stories in New York where it's like, you know, some people bought pot and then they were, they were all like, they all died on the street. And you're like, yeah, that wasn't pot. Right. <laughs> like, and it's really disturbing. I mean, like, are those people that like pull out their eyeballs or whatever the fuck? Like, that's, you know, it's horrific even to think about. And, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, acid definitely can cause some issues, but uh, I don't know, man. There, yeah. there had to have been other shit in there. Right, right. Like crazy violence. I don't... The the ones where I was like, okay, I could sort of see that happening is like the mother locking the kid in what turned out to be a very unsafe spot because I could see someone panicking. That felt like a real... Right. More of a real freak out. Someone panicking and then like trying to control the situation and then making it worse. Where I was like, yeah, sure. I definitely, I've never locked a child in, in anywhere with electrical yeah, an ele- equipment. Electricity closet. Well, so, okay. So let's just say, let's get off the bat here. Like, I, this movie made me physically nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, you know, which, which mostly had to do with the fact that the way, the way that it's shot, it's shot, it's just like, it gives you tunnel vision because it's these, all these long sort of floating takes, the lighting, uh, the way that it is, it's just, it, it just, the whole thing made me physically ill. Besides the fact that you've spent basically, you know, an hour watching people scream. And like uh, freak out and beat Freak each other. out, kicking and biting and cutting each other. That woman gets lit on fire. Uh, a child dies, which still really disturbs me, actually. Really? <laughs> we'll get into it. But all of this, <laughs> the, the thing about it, though, at the same time, is that it is just it the fact that it had that effect on me I can't say that I hated this film sure it was in it was really well done and in some ways it was maybe my favorite Gaspar Noe film which 
doesn't which at the same time i never want to see this movie ever again (laughs) like i'm good like this was you know it was super effective like i don't even know how i could star you know normally i'll do little star ratings on letterboxd or what have you and i'm like i don't even know how to rate this because as a movie this was like it was disgusting and it was horrifying but it also it has so many callbacks to so much great movies and it and what it is is sort of putting you in a bad trip it's putting you in this scenario and i didn't need more story than that you know it's basically like uh or like uh, exterminating angel where it's like you know people who can't leave uh, a situation you know which is and 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 also you know which which of course can tie into so many things there's so many people that end up in these fucking cycles uh, and they can't get out of them, you know, and especially uh, negative or, or abusive or bad, uh, violent cycles in their lives. So, you know, like I, it, it was, I thought like a really interesting kind of study on that. But uh, and then and now, but I think you like this movie, right? I did. You love this. I movie. liked it <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but I also. I'm also someone who kind of gets off on the fact that you're going like, oh, it made me nauseous. And I'm like, this movie's playing again at the Castro with as a double feature with Suspiria. And I'm thinking about dropping acid and going to see it. Like, so I can understand. And, and for, you know. for the cops who are listening, when she says dropping acid, <laughs> she just means marshmallows. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Marshmallows. I don't ever do drugs. Uh, <laughs> that was the that was the worst lie I've ever heard. <laughs> but now this film too. Now the whole film I think is kind of what what I think is even more interesting in some ways in the film was how this was made. Right, this was only made in a matter of like a couple of weeks, uh, right. and, they, and and it was com- entirely improv, which I didn't even know until you told me. Yeah, I didn't know until after the movie. I I know I've said this before, I do try to go into stuff as blind as possible. So I'd seen the trailer and been like, cool, I definitely want to go see that. Um, And then afterwards was like, (laughs) what? And was looking up some stuff. And so I guess it was sort of inspired by, Gaspar Noe really loves this uh, very like modern style of dance that he sort of refers to, it looks like people being possessed, which he's not, you know, you see these people in the movie doing this outrageous pop and lock and there's this one guy in one moment pretty deep into everyone freaking out where he's just by himself and he's got his arms like bent back behind him and he does oh, yeah. he looks like like a contortionist you know he doesn't even look human at that point he's really like his shoulders are just moving in ways where I'm like I don't know how you do that buddy but I am jealous and I could so that was sort of what inspired this um to kind of have to really display this dancing that Gaspar Noe loves, that his people just looking like their bodies are being overtaken. So all the, all the people in it are actually dancers. They're not actors. Uh, the one main, Oh, now I forget her name, but she was like an atomic blonde, I think, but whatever she does act, but I think she's much more primarily a dancer. Um, so that's, I really, I loved a lot of the scenes of dialogue, even though, like, I was more grossed out by a lot of the dialogue than any of the gross stuff that happened, because you're just like, ugh, all right. But it's also kind of, it was so real. It was, we've all had those conversations with friends where we've been like, I am so glad nobody had a camera here right now, because we're the worst people <laughs> in the world. So let's just, uh, I, 
I also, I know we've talked about this just separately, but I loved that building. I loved that building. I just, it was such a perfect location. I just, everything about that movie worked for me. It was also like 96 minutes, you know? I, I know we've just, we've talked a lot about things feeling overlong or sort of padded out and having a lot of filler. And this one was just like, we're here, we're going crazy, and now it's over, I guess. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can yeah, work with that. It's a short film, but it, it in some ways I, I thought it felt pretty long because it's just, it's minute by minute mostly. Uh, there are, There's some time jumps, I think, but it's it's largely minute by minute. And then yeah. uh, there's it's there's so many long takes. There Apparently there's like a 40-minute long take in this film, which I almost, I mean, like you definitely notice them. I didn't realize how long it was. Right. Uh, which is, and that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> that's, I that's that That's absolutely either. crazy. You know, especially for something where people are, are improving. I mean, like, that means that you had to, you know, you, there was no moment where you could doubt, like, oh, shit, maybe I, I should have, you know, like, you, you just have to right. keep going. And that's a lot. It takes a lot to do that and to be in that moment. And then, you know, I, I think that I, I was reading about it after I saw it. And uh, apparently there was, like, there was a vague structure, which I think there had to have been you know oh, in, sure. in improv um but he mostly let people decide where their care he want where their characters wanted to go right so it, it is also too like you had to make some like hard fucking decisions and like stick with it yeah and you could i could see if you're working with a whole bunch of dancers and people who deal with choreography um how these long takes would actually not that they were ever going to be easy and i do think the character Part would probably be the hardest but these are people who are doing choreography people who work professionally as dancers are kind of used to being like on for an hour you know they're doing something right. that has been planned and practiced and they have to hit marks and steps and da 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 so it's like that much I could see at least being in their bones a little um, the character stuff is I'm actually impressed at how when I found out that these were not professional actors and that they were mainly dancers and that this was all improv I really was like wow because people were consistent with who they decided to be right uh, I know you had a friend who didn't really love the movie in general and thought that that it was like very right wing and didn't like the portrayal of people of color in it and I just with that I was kind of laughing so I was like yeah but everyone picked who they were like I think those those dancers just threw themselves harder into it you know, they were just more ready to be like, I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to be a wild character. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's good for you guys because it was. I Yeah, I was definitely a fan of it. I, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, if I had the choice about what I wanted to do for this film, I mean, like, in some ways, I probably would have been more like that. There's one guy in this who, like, he just... He's trying to to lay this this straight. He's a he's gay and he's trying to to lay this straight guy. Oh yeah. Uh, and then like by the end of the film, he basically just kind of like cuddles up and goes to bed. And like he's one of the few people that makes it <laughs> makes it through pretty much unscathed, other than having had like a, a really disorienting experience. And right. I'm like, yeah, that, that's that's what I would have chosen. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be in this situation. Jen would be like, you know what, guys. I think I'm just going to go upstairs, feeling kind of weird. I'm just going to lay down for a little bit. I think it'll be, I'll feel better in the morning. Yeah, I think if I was a dancer, 
especially someone who does like that kind of outrageous, very, very physical. I mean, all dancing is physical, but this more modern style of dance. And someone was like, okay, you're supposed to be going crazy. Do you want to be, you know, do you want your character to (laughs) cuddle up at the end of the night and go to sleep? Or do you want to be kicking a pregnant woman in the gut? I would probably be the latter. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, let's get wild. Yeah, I, the, some of this stuff was just too much for me. I, I, mean, I mean, like, you know, call me crazy. I just don't really enjoy watching people get tortured. Sure. You know, like, sure. it's just kind of not my favorite. Or, like, the screaming. I, that's the other thing. I just I just feel bad. I mean, like, so then there's this character who, who has her, her really young son who's maybe, like, five or something, and then when she realizes what's happening, she wants to get him safe. And then he starts drinking the fucking sangria because he thinks it's fruit juice. So she locks him in this electrical closet and tells him, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. And then he starts freaking out because he's been locked in there. And then, you know, she's freaking out and everyone's tripping hard and all this violent stuff starts to happen. And she loses the key to the closet. And then he starts screaming about how many uh, roaches. And it's like you can tell he's tripping bad. Uh, on top of being a really terrified young child. Right. And then, like, the, the just the most disturbing part in the whole movie to me is is then, you know, the lights will just go out and everyone goes, oh, Tito died. And, it, like, that was just awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, because it, 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 it's not even, I mean, like, I, I don't like, you know, I don't really love uh, seeing um, children die. Uh, that's definitely something that disturbs me. But more than anything, there's, like, just the, the pointlessness of all of it, too. Like, how... How stupid, you know, it's like, that's the stuff that just like, uh, it just like haunts me. It's just like so just disgusting, you know, more so than like, you know, these, these sort of crappier people being crappy to each other, you know, right, I'm like, well, right. you're all adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You were all terrible before the drugs. Yeah, especially yeah. after those conversations where you hear that, like, all these people and they're sort of, they're hidden, uh, you know, already resentment or anger becoming more, you know, rising to the surface and becoming more latent is. So, and that's kind of a funny uh, point to, to sort of latch on to because the whole idea, the, the woman who spikes the sangria, at the end, she's sitting there, like, when we find out it's her, she's sitting there with a book that's like psychotherapy and LSD and, you know, and they're out here in California. There are a lot of, a lot, there are two um, (laughs) organizations that one who I've worked with before called MAPS that uh, are all about using psychotropic drugs as therapy. Um, I don't, they probably use acid, but they're, or, you know, they don't call it acid because that doesn't sound super medical. Well, it's um, illegal. <laughs> right? But they, well, they they do uh, have MDMA trials. And that's, that's a big one for PTSD. They use it on veterans. And it is with amazing results, like mind-blowing yeah. results. And so there is this kind of, this funny idea of, like, well, these things could be really useful but you're not just don't just dump a bunch of acid into sangria you crazy bitch like just that isn't so it does bring this stuff to the surface and it can be a therapeutic thing but then you also have you know the the other side of things coming to the surface is that you 
have to work in a controlled environment, not just locked in some abandoned school that already looks <laughs> kind of creepy, <laughs> that like already looks like an acid trip. Yeah, well, Cary Grant used to drop acid. Uh, for a lot. Yes, like like once a week or something, but with a therapist, and it, it apparently helped really improve his life. And there's definitely, I mean, we'll definitely, I'm sure that we'll see more of that in in medical fields coming, you know, unless some other shit happens. But like, it, it does sound pretty promising. But I, I mean, there's no part of this movie to me where I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, ah, oh, yes, the medical future of LSD. Like, <laughs> I mean, if anything, it really does. To me, this this felt like an almost an anti-drug film um, in the sense that there's just no one has a good time. Even the, the person who, who spikes the sangria. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, she's like having an easier time. Her. Yeah, but she's she's not doing so hot either. I mean, but the the dancing in this was amazing. Yeah. This, if I didn't want to do drugs after this, but I sure as hell wanted to, you know, dance. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I wanted to do both. Are you uh, you enjoying the sangria? Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm actually drinking it out of a, a cup with um, singing cowboys and flowers on. It. <laughs> oh yeah, very mm. on brand. I think. So you're uh, you're starting to feel it. I think. No, I have a pretty good tolerance for uh, alcohol, but um, oh, okay. The the opening dance, like I'm not even a big fan of dance, honestly. But that opening um sequence was like outstanding. Oh, unbelievable! And like such a not even just a long dance sequence, but like a long, intense dance sequence. There was so much movement in every single second that I was like, if they told, if if I had read that it took them three months to get that perfect, I would right. have been like, sure, that, and it seems like it wasn't. It seems like they did all of this kind of fast. Yeah, they like threw that together. I mean, like that's, that's I, I would rewatch the first 10 minutes of this movie and like... <laughs> <laughs> for sure it was it was just fantastic but then you know so okay so like like you're talking about the building being fantastic and then the dancing is fantastic and then we didn't even mention at the beginning of the, the film um they they show people sort of doing these uh you know they're, they're sitting there talking uh on um like a vhs like a tape confessional style about like you know where where they want to go and like where they're from and why they want to be in the dance troupe, but then along the sides of this television, they have all of these DVDs and these books stacked up. That are sort of like hints to us. Did that? That's how us opened too. This is like a oh, thing really? now, yeah. And it had all these VHS that would point to what was going on in the movie, like Chud, um, and in climax it was like suspiria and possession okay i was like i can't remember any of the others uh, like there were ones i knew too salo which we've oh yeah we've covered <laughs> <laughs> on back row and uh they also i'm, I'm trying to remember what else there was uh, a fast of fast benders uh, uh or whatever the, the last film he did before he died of a drug overdose oh um, i don't think i noticed that one yeah, there was. I mean, there's a there's a handful of like violent and <laughs> <laughs> like or sec overtly sexual or like freak out films, basically. Right. Yeah, you watch that and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, see, I watched that and went like, let's do this. Let's. Jenna and I had literally the opposite reaction to this movie <laughs> in a lot of ways. Where I also I left the movie going like. 
I wish I was part of a, a troop that was like working in some abandoned building it is like crazy abandoned building and I wish I was like doing drugs and running around this crazy abandoned building. Um, maybe not so much murder, maybe not violent. Yeah. But you know, but I <laughs> we'll mean, see where if, the night if goes. that's where the night goes, <laughs> Ooh, we're syncing up. Oh, getting to be the same brain. <laughs> we are one beast. <laughs> Janonica Del Jipcar. <laughs> Uh, I ship it, but um, <laughs> I think that so when you said that this was the better version of, of Suspiria, like that, I 100% agree. There are so many cool parallels in this, and this is so much what I did want from from the Suspiria remake instead of all that Holocaust nonsense. <laughs> right, right. No, I agree. I'm not even, I know we've talked about this probably even on the other podcast, but it's like, I was on board with the the heavy political stuff in Suspiria, I was. I just think that it, we we understood it and they kind of kept like beating it into you. And I was like, no, we get what you're going for. You don't have to keep setting this metaphor up. We get it, we get it, we get it. So, and again, it's like you're remaking this movie that's referred to as like an acid trip. You know, lean into that a little. So that's why... This for me was like, it's it climax was exactly what I wanted, and I think that I've been so underwhelmed with a lot of movies I was look for, looking forward to for you know the past year or so uh, that seeing something like this that just hit all the notes and was exactly what I wanted and did I had you know. I certainly wasn't sitting there like, this is so much fun. I just happen to like these things that are sort of trying, um, apparently, because I watch them all the time. So, and I know on sort of a different level, uh, something that I talked to you about is that, like, there's always, you know, when you're someone who sort of dabbles in uh, totally legal activities. <laughs> um, <laughs> you always have, or not always, I, you know what, I'm going to not speak for anyone else. I have these feelings of envy when I see people in these, like, almost, like, terrifying situations. And I'm not necessarily saying that, like, I want to be in a violent drug trip that I can't get out of. It's just... I hope that you are not in that scenario. Like, just... like, let me let me speak for your mother right now and be like, I, <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. I would not let my mom listen to this. I would, oh, God, kitty cat, <laughs> please, please, you're making me so nervous. Uh, it just that, like, if you're someone who toys, who alters your consciousness, the idea of going, getting so far removed from reality is appealing, even if it's terrifying. And I do watch these things and be like I want to be in that situation I just but then I don't I also want to be able to stop it whenever I want walk, like I can never give up that that human control of like no I don't I don't want to totally lose my mind no I don't want to be but they went through literal hell don't I kind of want to know what that's like no I guess I guess not uh, so it's one of these things being like well I'm too chicken shit <laughs> I'm never actually gonna go as far as any of the characters in that movie um but part of me will always want to <laughs> yeah i mean like it, it's kind of interesting i mean so do you, what do you think like the point of this 
film was. I mean, like in part two about this sort of losing control and this question of whether or not this film was was in some way meant to be nationalist, because like, yeah, like my my friend Andy brought up an interesting point when he saw this. He said that uh, um, he, he wasn't sure what to think because he thought, you know, the film opens with the French flag. Uh, there's like all of these sort of like name drops to um, French, <laughs> French things and art. Right. And then uh, Gaspar Noe puts his name all over the damn thing. And then you have essentially uh, a lot of people of color uh, get the, the most violent, um, whereas a lot of the white people are the ones getting beat up or, you know, or or being more passive. I can't. I think it was interesting what you said about like people were told, "Hey, do you, like you ha- here's your free reign to go crazy." Like I think that you're you're kind of right. White people have less shit to get crazy about, right? And also, I think, but then, but I can't. I didn't really see this as nationalist. But you know, besides the improv side, the bit of it, the fact is that like a white person causes the problems to begin right. with. The, a white person who comes from another country, too. A lot of the people of color talk about they were born, you know, when they have the interviews in the beginning, they're like, yeah, I was born in France, I was born here. Uh, and the the white person just came in from Berlin, you know, that the one who drugs everyone goes like, Berlin was too crazy, I had to leave. And then she's kind of... Well, you she realize she's talking who, about herself, yeah. Right, of course. <laughs> but, you know, so it's... I, I don't really see it as nationalist also because because of how much reverence uh, Gaspar Noe clearly has for this style of dancing. I just think that when you work in improv and when you have people doing whatever they want, like I, I think that the people who went crazy, who, you know, acted crazier, just were kind of more into it. And they were honestly we can say like that they were more violent and that the white people were more passive, but also like they were kind of more interesting, you know, whenever it yeah. went back to the passive people, like I liked, I liked the character who was pregnant and who was, cause I thought that was an interesting and a good sort of like quieter moment to every kind of, every once in a while go back to this person who isn't freaking out because she's not drinking. Cause she knows she's pregnant. And, you know, so I thought that was kind of a good, a good breather but also it wasn't I was like no okay so now let's go back to the brother and sister who have that weird shit going on and let's go back to that that one dude who looked like the guy from the wire who oh my god his dancing was just like like I they were they seemed to be the ones that were like more intriguing um and really kind of like throwing themselves into it I I agree with something you said where you're like, it's kind of hard to see this as nationalist because it you would need to have a plot, you know, <laughs> like there would have to be yeah actually something going on. Um, I mean, do you think there was a point to this movie? Other, I mean, like besides, uh, and if there's a feeling, which I think is a point, you know, as far as right. like, legitimizing a film, like I, you know, if you're gonna just focus on, you know, for an hour and a half, it's gonna feel like you're, you know, you're <laughs> that you're gonna want to vomit. Then like. Yeah, that that's a that to me is a perfectly legitimate, uh, you know, excuse to make a film, whether or not I want to see it. But he's he's a what do they say like provocateur? Um, He's someone who likes to make these movies that people are like, disgusting. You know, that's why like irreversible to me just feels so try hard with that. Yeah, but it's that kind of where it's like I don't necessarily think he went in with a much deeper 
thought, because uh, I know he was upset that people weren't upset by this movie. <laughs> He's kind of <laughs> like, oh, really? You guys liked it? Uh, so I I don't really think there was, I, if I was going to kind of put put a meaning to this movie, I would say it's just, it is just a movie about anxiety, period. Just like human anxiety. Everyone is talking about relationships. Everyone's talking about, there's a lot of mother-child dynamics, you know, uh, there's a lot of people freaking out about money and their art and being successful or, uh, you know, being just, you know, you have such a time limit if you're someone who works so physically. And I feel like, to me, it felt more like a movie about existing as an artist than it did about anything having to do with... Uh, immigration or race or you know but I think there's also uh, things being able to be read in a lot of different ways is also uh very intriguing to me well it's definitely I mean it's definitely about the fear of a lack of control which is one of your favorite themes yes (laughs) because it's something that I you know it's I want I want to not have, I almost want to like give up all this fucking silly human illusion of control. And then every time I think about it, I'm kind of like, Oh yeah, but (laughs) or then if that would be terrifying. Oh yeah. I mean, and then if we wanted to go like full exterminating angel, uh, you know, Bunuel style, like I feel like there, maybe there's something to be said here about people who are fame seeking sure that you're going out there you're putting everything out there emotionally you have to be emotionally open and and you know to be a dancer to be an actor to you know these sort of uh to be an artist artist (laughs) artist you have to put yourself out there and then you're also putting yourself out there to get to get slaughtered (laughs) right uh you know potentially and and so and it's also something you can't leave because once you've put yourself out there then what can you retreat to you know like that was it (laughs) yeah that's a a very good point and i think that's again like i didn't i didn't think any of the nationalist stuff because also they talk about french culture and so i could even see the flag as being just someone but it says like this is a french film too like right right like really like it make they make it real explicit so i'm not too sure about that i don't know if you have any theories i just i mean i don't i've felt it more as like an artistic anxiety sort of movie and it did it did feel to me uh to sort of be about the humans inside of art and you know if the cat her tail just went in my mouth <laughs> oh, god um you know i could i think someone could probably make a case for the you know although i'll take that back because it was all improv though i think it is kind of hard to make a case for it being a specific thing about a specific group or about you know uh, a country losing its identity and also because it does seem like gaspar noe loves the influences that he's seeing he loves this dancing he loves and you know so if if he wanted to make a movie that was about fear of like losing a national identity or something, I don't necessarily think this would be, I think the like, this is a French movie is kind of going like, because France has been, you know, Paris has been an international city forever. 
you know, it's like in the 20s, black writers from America were like, fuck America, I'm going to Paris. Like, I don't, it doesn't seem to me to have the fear of, of this world being, because a lot of the people of color in the interviews talked about being French, being born in France. It felt very inclusive as far as like, you know, this is, this is what France is. This is what, this is our culture now. They also talk about the seeing, being, um, feeling uncomfortable with that huge flag sure which i thought was kind of interesting but that that also could speak to i can kind of say as an american that in a lot of ways i get uncomfortable with american because because of nationalism because of people being like you know love it or leave it that it it's almost like turned us on our own i'm i feel like i'm a very patriotic person i genuinely love my state, I guess I should say. <laughs> I'm like, would I fight a war for America? No. Would I fight a war for California? Yes. Uh, but still, it's, you know, I can understand that if someone's got a big-ass American flag in their front yard, I'm kind of like, ugh, I don't like this person. And that's that's such a crazy thing to be like, well, I do really love my country, and I love where I live, and I think there's a lot of potential here. I just hate that you know, people hold up a flag and decide, they get to decide what it means. Um, so I could, if I went somewhere and there was a big American flag, I'd be like, what are we doing? <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I can feel that for sure, especially lately with, with all the, you know, crappiness happening. But um, you Right, know, and I think we were both people who grew up in New York, right? Yeah, you know, we're, we, were, we live in a bubble. In teens, and like, <laughs> but we were teens during... Right after September 11th, and oh yeah, I was here for you September know, 11th. Right, like you just this scene an American flag all of a sudden became like nauseating because it was just it just felt so like political to just I was like everyone has to have a flag to be like oh we're showing our strength, are we? Are we really? The FBI is gonna have so much on us after this podcast. <laughs> Come get me, motherfuckers. But yeah, no, I kind of I kind of agree with you about like whether or not I, I think that if there's any failures in this film, it is probably Gaspar Noe trying to make a statement about France. Sure. Like and I think that like his inclusion of all of that stuff to me just felt like him throwing up a bunch of middle fingers and being like, Yeah, don't you love it, France? We're violent and stupid. Like, right. This right. is you. Here's a mirror I'm holding up to you. You know, and it's right. like, very like, oh, my, like... my pearls, you know. Like, <laughs> how well, dare again, you? Like, I'll find I'll find the article for you because I was cracking up reading it, but like when it showed it cans or something and people were like, Oh wow, we really love this, he was upset. <laughs> like he really thought people were gonna be pissed off, you know. So I think you're right, where it's like it didn't have to be provocative. It could have just been this wacky, wild movie, and then people could, like, read into it what they wanted, but same thing with Irreversible, where he was like, no, no, I'm going to make something that, like, it's going to freak everyone out. And you're like, bro, come on. Have you seen the world lately? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it, too, is, like, maybe this is actually the right time for this film to come out to not be provocative. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty in here that is still, like, provocative. And, but more more than anything, it just was, like, like ugh. <laughs> ugh the world's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but I love disgusting, so I guess that's... Yeah, yeah, and the disgusting is exactly what I, I don't love. I, actually, you know, this movie this movie made me more nauseous than, than Salo did. Really? The last five minutes of Salo, you know what I mean? Like, the, the last, uh, what's, what's it? The, like, the death the scenes? Bit? Those were really nasty. And, like, otherwise, Salo, like, I don't know if maybe because I was a little prepared going into that, and I knew the entire plot, having read... I, I having read, I watched it, so you don't have to. <laughs> um, and being coached that the shit's not real, and I was like, oh, okay. But um, not that I thought the shit was real. But no, I know, but that like it looks, uh... it does look very real. <laughs> <laughs> but but this movie made me feel worse. Like this movie, just the way that it's shot, and and I guess also this the the there's like this sickly green glow to most of this, or like the colors in this are really like. It's dark and, and just disgusting. And then that you always hear like screaming just constantly. Like there's not a scene where someone's not screaming. And and in some ways the scenes where people like there's a one woman just starts to cut herself with a knife just all over her body. Like that was actually less disgusting to me. <laughs> I mean it looked painful, but I was like, okay, like yeah, just do it. Like other than like having my 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 thoughts go crazy thinking about what was happening to the people in the background. It's fun to kind of freak out, you know, it's it's fun to kind of. Well, okay, so that was Climax, you know, we climaxed at Climax and we watched it so you don't have to, but I think we both kind of want you to watch it if you can put up with it. Yes. Like, I actually would say of all the Gaspar Noe films, like, again, I think this is the best thing that I've seen him do, which, uh, you know, su- surprisingly, because I never want to see it again. <laughs> Unlike his other movies, like I would rewatch Enter the Void, like I would rewatch Love. I didn't, you know, I didn't like adore either of those films, but like I watch them again. Like this one, nah. <laughs> I am counting the days till I see it again. Ugh. April 30th. Who wants to come to the Castro? Yeah, who wants to have a very sober um, experience at the Castro with. Very sober. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, all right, well, so that was it. Um, you know, again, you should follow us at uh, Back Row Cineblog, at Back Row Cineblog, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facha Libre, Facebook, and, uh, <laughs> or, you know, go to, go to back-row.com, right? Why, like, back-row, man, like, what a site. Can you, you know, like, can we just, just take one moment and just appreciate the, like, the soothing oranges and the nice mm. sort of brownish maroon of the background? Of the- Very earth tones. Oh, yeah. You know, I actually, when I, um, you know, when, when I made this site, let me tell you something about this site. <laughs> when I when I made this site, um, I actually was inspired by a lot of Russian film uh, posters. You like those? Uh huh. Russian film posters. I wait a wait. Suppose. Did you put something in the sangria? Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, me? That doesn't sound like something I'd do. Did you see it? The, I, the, the site's everywhere, man. Did you seriously fucking do this? <laughs> I gotta I go somewhere. It, I thought it would help us get into the mindset. The, 
the mindset, the mind, the well, the mind, the movie's over. The the podcast is over, man. How long? What the fuck? Oh, we could do it for twelve hours. These we could just keep going and going. I don't even know how much I put in either. <laughs> oh my god! It's gonna be crazy. Tell them, kitty. Fucking cowboys. The cowboys are singing to me. These cowboys. It's gonna be fun. Let's go to hell, Jenna. Let's take this all the way down. I don't wanna go to hell, man. I don't wanna go to hell. Ah!